Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a Christian psychotherapist specializing in trauma therapy, couples, relationships, and personal development. She is passionate about your life and is here to encourage, teach, and inspire you to be your own best version. Find her online at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Now, with today's fresh insights, Cynthia Hyatt. Well, welcome to the show today. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, and we are going to do a really cool week. I'm really excited about the topic that I've chosen for this week. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host, and as always, I'm so thankful when you are taking the time and joining me and, and listening and educating yourself. So we are doing an entire week, maybe two actually, on relationships. And that is a really broad, broad topic. So we are talking about connecting God's way. How did God design us to connect? How do we do that well? And so th- this is truly about why God wants us in relationship. What is the whole point of this relationship issue because if you're like me there are I'm sure there have been times in your life and you may be experiencing that time right now that you're just saying I don't want to do relationships I'm not doing relationships ever again and that that is really understandable and what we find that's so fascinating is even when we make that statement we end up trying again we're always trying again Because this foundational truth is that relationships are unavoidable. However, unhealthy relationships and unsuccessful relationships can oftentimes be avoided. But that doesn't mean it doesn't require some work, some education, some growing, some healing. So this verse in Genesis chapter 2.10, it says, The Lord God said, It's not good for man to be alone. And I always make a joke when I give the uh, lectures on gender and temperament. I always say, God said it's not good for man to be alone because he didn't say that about women because he knew women wouldn't be. (laughs) So we know that women really have in their hardwiring this need to connect. And men have a much more difficult time in, in that way. And so God made sure. He said it's not good for a man to be alone. And it's really not good for humans to be alone. So Adam was perfect when God stated this, as was his relationship with God. So Adam was perfect. Adam's relationship with God was perfect. And he still said, it's not good for man to be alone. So it's easy to understand why it's so painful when our relationships are unsuccessful. Because we were created as relational beings. It's It's an instinctual longing. It's very natural and it's necessary for our emotional health, our physical health as well, our spiritual health, social health, as well as our intellectual health. So when God introduced Adam to his first relationship outside of himself, everything was still perfect. So we can conclude that having successful relationship with yourself and with God is imperative for healthy relationship outside of God and self. Because God made sure that Adam had a helper, had a partner, had a friend. So the animals in the garden, all the food, all the peace, all the beauty, 
and God being his best friend wasn't enough. So he made sure that there was another one like him that he could relate to. And so what is, what is relating? Well, this is understanding of knowledge, it's, and it results in a, a connection that's either positive or negative, and it's with or without an agreement. So wh when we really talk about relate, that word, it's a very broad-based word. Many times it, it just means to narrate something. It's, to, it's, it's a storytelling. But it's also this connecting. So relating is making a connection with thoughts, meanings, emotions. So it's to have some type of connection or relation to something. It's an understanding. So this can be connection by blood, marriage, relative, the connections between people, connection we may have with our neighbors, our pet, our children. So the word relate or relating or relation does not include the concept or the idea of intimacy. It's con it consistently includes just this word narrative or narrate or thought or connection through blood, persons, or nations. So this is why this is so important to know the difference between simply relating and actual intimacy. Because I can be related to somebody or I can relate to someone without necessarily being intimate with them. We can relate to people on television that we've never met. We can relate to someone you're talking about. And we have relations and relate, we have relatives that we may not have intimacy with. So what's this difference between relating and intimacy? Well, intimacy is known and being known. So remember, go back to this premise. Relationships are unavoidable because this is how humans are hardwired. We can't help it. We even have a relationship with our car. Many people name their cars, right? This is an inanimate object. So relationships are either positive or negative. But it's up to us to determine whether or not to put the effort into creating a positive relationship dynamic with any given individual. So unhealthy and unsuccessful relationships can be avoided. But like we said, not without some effort on our part. I can only do my side of any relationship. I can't do both sides. And we can be fooled by people who seem, <coughs> excuse me, we can be fooled by people who seem to be allowing us to do their part of the relationship. But in reality, we are still limited to only our part. And this is why we've done shows, and we will do it in, in the future, on codependency. It's that knowing where I end and you begin. And if I'm working harder in the relationship than you are, that's always going to be a red flag. So when relationships aren't working well, and we're hurt, and we tend to want to shut down and be done with the relationship altogether, then we have to recognize that since we know that relationships are unavoidable, what we're really saying is that we wish to avoid intimacy with that person. And that may be the healthiest choice. So again, the difference between relating and intimacy? Well, the second foundational truth here 
besides relationships being unavoidable, is that there is a basic human need to know someone and to be known by someone. And this is intimacy. To be known and to know someone. You know that wonderful feeling when you say, they really get me. They know me. They know all kinds of things about me and love me anyways. They know my ways. They know my preferences. They know my idiosyncrasies. They know my talents. They know my abilities. So there are levels within intimacy, of course. And the deepest hurts happen when someone who we thought knew us turns out to have not known us at all. And I'm sure you, you've experienced that situation where you look at the person and you say, oh my gosh, you don't even know me. You don't even know me. And this is this, is this really deep hurt because we're making the mistake of, wow, we were really relating to this person, so I thought that was intimacy. Or having to deal with or manage the fact that someone doesn't want to know me. So these are some of the reasons we avoid intimacy. Intimate, this is, this is the definition of intimacy. It's defined as most private or personal, very close or familiar, deep and thorough. See, these are vastly different experiences than simply having a good time with somebody. So the most meaningful and healing relationships must have intimacy. Because we can have many relationships on a multitude of levels with not a whole lot of intimacy. And this is where we might get a little confused sometimes because we can feel really close to somebody. Like maybe we shared some really deep things about our past or shared some insecurities. And just because we got close for a minute doesn't mean that person is actually capable of intimacy. So the question for us is, will I choose to relate positively with intimacy or will I attempt to avoid relating only to get negative relationships that are void of intimacy? See, in my practice, I work at dispelling the myths that people create for themselves. Things like saying they're done with the relationship, they're not gonna do them in the future, because the choice is not whether or not to have relationship, unless you are somebody like the Unabomber. We can't not have relationship. We actually even have relationship to some degree with the people that are driving next to us in on the freeway. We have relationship with the person that we see on a regular basis at Safeway or Bashes. But do we have intimacy? So the choice is not whether or not we have relationship. It's, it's whether or not you put the work into it and take the risk to develop those positive, intimate relationships. If not, you're going to be left with a lot of negative feelings and a lot of negative relationships because they'll be void of intimacy. And you'll be chronically disappointed and you'll be more apt to be hurt because you'll have those moments of closeness, but it may be super close moments with a very unsafe person because intimacy takes time. So the avoidance of relationship because you've been hurt ends up hurting far more than getting back in the game, putting the work into positive relationships, 
Because, see, relationship avoidance at best is really just kind of our feeble attempt at self-protection. I wish it protected us. Because if it did, I would be teaching everybody to avoid relationships. So here's the foundational truth. Let's go back to that. Relationships are unavoidable. However, unhealthy relationships and unsuccessful relationships can oftentimes be avoided. So how, what is this idea of intimacy? And how do we relate to ourselves and to others? So we all learn to relate to ourselves and others as we grow, as we're growing up. We learn from our parents. We learn from others how to relate. That's where we get like our, our emotional language. Our family dysfunction, our child experiences determine the degree to which we need to learn new ways to relate in order to get that deeper intimacy. So we learn to relate either in healthy or unhealthy ways, successful or unsuccessful ways. And the healthy and successful ways are the things that are going to help us have the ability to actually have intimacy. Because the healthier that I relate to people, the better able I am to discern if they're safe people. So let me give you a definition of intimacy. This is the joyful union that comes when two people learn together how to give love and how to accept love. I'm going to say that one more time. The joyful union that comes when two people learn together how to give love, how to accept love. So what is dysfunctional love? This is love out of balance. This is loving the other too much while loving the self too little. Or vice versa. I love myself more than I love you. And we always know that that kind of self-love is not really love. So God is the perfect example of relating to himself and to others. And we see this in the Trinity, right? Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and God have true, beautiful, amazing intimacy. They love each other. There's joyful union. There's giving. There's receiving. There's acceptance. There's understanding. There's no control issues. I mean, I, I imagine, imagine what it would feel like if we thought the Trinity didn't get along and didn't love each other. If they were acting completely separately from one another. If one was doing more, than, more work than the other was doing. So as we learn to do this, we want to ask ourselves, how do I relate to God? What's my relationship with God? Because remember, this is where Adam started. His first relationship was with God. The best way for us to be healthy relators that are able to do really deep intimacy is to work first on our relationship with God. The better my relationship is with God, the better my relationship is going to be with you, the better my relationship will be with myself. So what, what inhibits my relationship with God? Well, that may be past experiences. Maybe I have a misperception of God. Maybe I had a difficult time with an earthly father. 
Maybe I had bad experiences with men. Maybe you run a baseball team and you had a horrible experience with a coach. Maybe you had a terrible male employee. Maybe you had a terrible experience with a male pastor. The other things that inhibit our relationship with God is our own fear and condemnation and listening to the lies of the enemy. Other in, things that inhibit my relationship with God or make my relationship with God difficult may be my behaviors. Maybe I feel so guilty about my behaviors and I feel like I can't stop them. So I don't want to go to God because I already feel embarrassed and ashamed. I don't want to ask for his help because I feel like I'm not responding to his help, right? I'm not getting better fast enough. And so I just start avoiding God. One of the major ways that inhibits a relationship with God is that we simply don't know who he is. So remember, we need to take a risk. All relationships involve risk. Every human is a risk. So I love this verse on the Trinity. This is John chapter 17, verses 20 through 26. And it says, The Trinity, which is three in one, a perfect example of oneness, in which each individual part does not lose its individual identity. Each individual in the triune values the other individual parts. No one confuses the individual parts of the triune. That's, that is explaining the Trinity in such a relational manner. So when we talk about how I relate to God, we want to look at those things that, that make, that inhibit opportunity for this positive relating and intimacy. So how I'm relating to God. So like we said, it could be my past it could be past abuse, it could be experiences, dishonesty, family of origin issues. Maybe I have unresolved issues such as guilt and shame, perfectionism. Maybe I, there was abuse in my family of origin. I was, I was uh, abandoned, um, not wanted. Um, there, there was physical abuse, sexual abuse. There were addictions in the family. Whatever that may be, maybe there was poor role modeling. And there wasn't what we call healthy bonding and attachment. Because if there's addictions or apathy in the family-relating styles, we won't get good bonding and attachment. And when humans don't appropriately bond and attach, it affects their self-concept, which affects their confidence when it goes to any type of attempts at relating. Maybe there was poor communication in my family of origin. Maybe I have predetermined judgments about others because of my judgments about God. So again, we're taking a risk. All relationships involve risk. So the first step is you acknowledge that you desire a relationship. And it's acknowledging that desire. It's, that's a risk in and of itself because sometimes we're afraid to even state that. And so we acknowledge the desire to be in relationship. And we need to know the difference <coughs> or we need, to, we need to understand this issue of trust because 
There's a difference between being perfect and being trustworthy. Now, God is perfect and trustworthy. Humans are not perfect, but many humans are trustworthy. See, this is an ongoing issue that, that builds up over time. It's trial and error. Does the individual prove themselves to be trustworthy? And that takes time because healthy relationships are not built overnight. You see, I will hurt the people I love, but that doesn't mean I don't care about them. And it doesn't mean that I don't hurt because I hurt them. That's a trustworthy person. A trustworthy person cares if they hurt you. And they do everything they can to not do it again. And they do everything they can to work on how to figure out what is hurtful to you and what is hurtful to me. And so the second way that we work on relating to create an, to intimacy is we communicate our desires, our hopes, our dreams, our fears, our hurts, our wrongdoings, maybe our insecurities. <clears throat> and this is because it's important to be honest. Now, I, I don't want you to be honest the first day you met the person. I don't want you to be that, have that level of honesty. Because when you're bearing your heart to somebody, you, you need to understand that this is a gift you are giving this person. These are the pearls, the jewels of your heart, even if they're past mistakes or failings. Sharing you with another person is a gift. And so this is why it's important that we do this over time. And, and I have this, this box, this music box in my office, and it's full of these little pearls. And, and I say to people, I open up the box, and I say, look at these beautiful pearls in this box. And I say, open your hands. And they open their hands, and I dump all the pearls in their hands, and they all go all over the floor. And I said, this is what happens when we overshare, share too quickly, share too much. Is this person really going to take care of these pearls? So I put all these pearls back in the box, and I say, now this is what we're going to do. I turn the box around, I open the lid, and I, and I pull out one little pearl, and I put it in the palm of their hand. And we see how they do with the one pearl. That's how we start to practice intimacy. I'm relating with this person, and I'm giving them pearls a little at a time to see if they value what I'm giving them. And we learn how to love and how to have intimacy when we are willing to accept another and understand that God holds us in high esteem. See, God will never invade us. He respects our choices, he keeps our secrets, and he assumes the best. And that's how we want to practice relating with others. So I can accept somebody without accepting their behaviors. I can accept them as a person of value and worth, but maybe I'm saying the, the behaviors are not acceptable. So thank you for joining me today. We are, we are really looking, I'm really looking forward to this, this entire week on relationships. We have Karen Kingsbury at the end of the week with us and her new book, which is called In the Moment. So make sure you hear the rest of the week on relationships. 
Check out the website at CynthiaHyatt.com. And I want you to have a great rest of your day. God bless you. To hear today's program again or to share it with someone else, please go online, CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T dot com. Conversations with Cynthia is heard daily at 3 p.m. and 12 noon every Sunday on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. Follow Cynthia on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Cynthia Hyatt. Until next time, remember, be your own best version. Yeah.